You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Pacers podcast. My name is Adam Friedman. As always, I'm a staff editor at IndieCornrows.com and one of the co-hosts of the Locked On Pacers podcast. It's a special late night edition of the Locked On Pacers podcast. Fortunately, I'm on Central Time, but it's being recorded at 1.17 Eastern Time. That's after the Pacers 104-96 to loss in Los Angeles. Their latest game of the season, obviously. I think they play one in Golden State. They'll be just around the same time, but... These are the latest start times of the season, and honestly, I find the most fun. Uh, Pacers Twitter starts to kind of overpopulate my Twitter feed in a, in a good way. For example, you know, during the days, you get some of the other NBA stuff, and you get whatever other stuff you follow, but, you know, by 11 o'clock at night, it's people that are still tweeting or tweeting about a certain thing. So, you know, on Thursday nights like tonight, the only thing people were tweeting about was really the football game earlier, and after that ended, it was Pacers basketball my Twitter feed, and that was awesome. Uh, I enjoy I get to see more tweets. It just it makes for a better way to follow the game when you see some of the complaints, and that's kind of where I want to start. And really, what you saw a lot tonight was uh, the Tyreek Evans just miserable, bad luck. I don't know what to call it. Just a bad night. I mean, Tyreek, I he couldn't buy anything if he was trying. I mean, he had that sequence in the first half and then in the third quarter. Um, the court sequence where he had back-to-back traveling and then he had a blocked shot on a steal. Um, in the late fourth quarter, he got blocked by the rim. Like It just was a terrible night for Tyreek, and I don't know whether to contribute that to him, to bad luck, to bad officiating. Maybe it's probably a combination of all of those. But he just had a bad night, and it was you know, one of the reasons the Pacers were dragged down, I think, ultimately in this game because they had a legit shot after giving up nearly... Uh, 40 points in the first quarter. They shot back in the second quarter to cut that to a six-point halftime or eight-point halftime deficit. Took a lead briefly in the third quarter. We took a lead briefly in the fourth quarter as well, but could not finish it out, unfortunately. Um, you know, Tyreek was just one of the pieces that didn't have a good night. Neither, either did Turner. I thought Turner kind of struggled all night. He was good defensively. I thought most of the night he got called for a couple of tic-tac-y fouls, and you know, there's that one play of LeBron where LeBron basically pushed into him. The game might have been reached by then, but he got called for some of those. But overall, Turner defensively was fine, just offensively didn't bring it. Not a single three-point shot taken. Uh, and you could really see at the end of the game the Pacers missing Oladipo. Uh, this has been kind of a concern of mine. It was a concern in the Phoenix game when it was really close. Um, that They didn't quite have the guy to close out the game. You know, they That's the thing when they play these tight games, especially when they play against a guy like LeBron, who was obviously the best player in the NBA, who can close out games. You know, he is the closer. The Lakers, all they got to do is get it close to the end, give it to LeBron, and he'll win it. Not every night, but a lot of the time. And that's kind of the Pacers' system with Oladipo is keep it close, keep it close, keep it, you know. I mean, their system really is right, give up a 30-point first-half lead, draw claw our way back, and then let Victor Oladipo close it out. Well, we don't have Vic. You have the problem of, okay, who's going to close for you? Um, Tuesday, Turner closed for them. Turner had a huge shot. He punched out in that Phoenix game. Had a great pass to Bogan, who was pretty clutch. And he had to close it out for them. Um, you know, But outside of that Phoenix game, they really haven't had to close out a close game in this you know, six-game stretch that Oladipo. I guess the Hawks game, you could say they did. But really, in, they played the Jazz twice and blew them out significantly both times. And they beat the Suns. And the other two losses were... 11 and 
uh, 19 points or 18 points. So they haven't had a closeout, you know, needed to kind of have that guy step up at the end of the game until the Phoenix game, which Turner did. But tonight they didn't have a guy. I mean, you, you could really feel the missing presence of Oladipo. And that's why I hope he's coming back soon. Um, Oladipo is expected to, I think, at least go through some form of practice tomorrow. And that's kind of would be the step to him being able to play. I'm not sure the needing against the Kings, so that also might be why they'll delay him a little bit more. But the Kings have been pretty good this year, so I wouldn't actually uh, cut them out too much. But they they just need that guy. They need the closer. I mean, I Sabonis just can't be that closer. He was their best player tonight. He's really been their best player, I think, this entire stretch. Um, you make a case for Bogdanovich too, but it's him around to be the best player through this stretch. I think Sabonis has been the second best player on this team all season, really. Um, I think if he could figure out how to play more than 24 minutes, he could, by getting out of foul trouble, and not McMillan's fault, I think it's the foul trouble issue, he could be putting up almost 20, maybe not 20, but 18 points a game, and you would really see this like eye-popping stats of like 18 points and 12 rebounds a game, and that would be like, oh, this guy's a machine. Um, but he's not really a closer. He's still sort of a a secondary player who plays off other really good players. You know, he's a really good pick and roll and post up guy, but he needs the other guy to set things up. He needs to run off somebody. And that's why at the end of games, when you close with him and all the depot, it's very effective. And that's the problem is, you know, you thought Evans could step into that role. He clearly can't, hasn't, whatever it is. He was really bad tonight. Um, then, you know, then you're starting to rely on other guys. So Collison, or you're relying on Bojan to close it out where Bojan again is, he just struggles to get open. LeBron did a nice job and they said a nice job of really just, Basically forcing the ball out of Bojan's hand every time and playing up close on him the entire night. Uh, Thad doesn't really have I think, the ability to close out anymore. He just doesn't have a go-to move. And so you're sort of stuck. You have to sort of do it by committee. And it's a problem when you're playing a team that has LeBron where LeBron can just be the guy. You know, the Lakers just say, LeBron, go win the game, and he does. And that's the biggest problem. And it's not necessarily a bad thing because you're without your best player. I mean, Oladipo is supposed to be the closest. That's why he's the Patriots' best player. But, you know... I hope he returns soon is all because it's starting to glare. Fortunately for the Pacers, uh, the schedule isn't ridiculous until about, well, really, I mean, depending on how good you think Washington is, really till December 12th. I mean, they got Kings, Bulls, Magic, Kings, Wizards. Now, the problem is that if they don't have Oladipo, they're probably, they could probably win all six if they had Oladipo. They could probably go on the six-game win streak. Honestly, if they had Oladipo, they probably could have won Charlotte and won Utah, Phoenix, LA, all the way through to Washington. But if they don't have him, they're probably going to end up losing, dropping one to Chicago or to Orlando, maybe even one to Sacramento. Um, Washington, I, I don't know. We'll see what happens there. But they need him back somewhere probably between the Bulls and the Latin St. Kings game. So that's between December 4th and December 8th. I think we'll be back by then. Then, you know, this injury isn't supposed to be too serious. But, you know, two weeks, three weeks is a serious injury, I guess, in my opinion. I mean, it's not like ACL or surgery surgery serious, but it, it means that it's a big issue, and he wants to get back 100%, which is fine. You know, you'll sacrifice a game to Orlando to have him 100% throughout the rest of the season. You, know, you don't want to have him re-aggravate that. But they're going to get him back soon enough because they get Milwaukee and Philadelphia in about two weeks, and that's going to be a really tough game, uh, stretch of games. Those two teams are really good. Um, the Pacers are competing with them kind of for supremacy in the Central Division or the East. Um, but... Back to kind of the Lakers game, I just, I was disappointed Lance didn't play more than five minutes. I don't know if it was by design. Uh, I could see that Luke Walden kind of had his mind, right, if I play Lance too many minutes, maybe he'll get too caught up in the moment and make so many mistakes or whatever it is. Um, you know, Lance doesn't always fit with this team, I guess. Uh, you know, he has been playing doubles of minutes basically the entire season. Now, he hasn't had a great stretch over the, really the last 
five, six games. He had one pretty good game against Orlando, but he's really been like zero points, three points, seven points, and five points. So I don't know if he's losing his rotation minutes or whatever it is, but I would like to see Lance. You know, it's he didn't leave Indiana on bad terms this time, so there isn't like this animosity. Like last time when he left Indiana, it was like, oh, screw you for taking less money, less years to get back in free agency or whatever design your agent stupidly sold you on that oh well you can get back in three years and be in that big money market or get a bigger contract or whatever is when the salary cap goes up exploding but you have to actually be good um but i would like to see more of him because he's a kind of fun player i mean you know he's indiana's guy i guess the only thing i'd say if he's really falling out in la i mean i'm sure he'd be welcome back here in indiana somehow the pacers Here's how I can see what happened. The Pacers somehow flip Tyreek for something and then bring Lance back to play his former role. You know, the problem is that I think Tyreek still, even at the level he's at right now, is better than Lance was because he d- doesn't impede anybody else. I don't think, I mean, he kind of impedes McDermott, but he's not impeding Sabonis, which is kind of where I really focused on is that Sabonis needs to get more touches and everything. Most of these more of everything. Um, but Tyreek doesn't seem to be impeding Sabonis, where I thought last year Lance might have been kind of dragging Sabonis down. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how long he reigns in L.A. Um, like I said, he's had about a bad, now going on six-game stretch. He's had zero points in two of his last six games. So I don't know if he's falling out of favor or not. Um, but I really am rooting for him at the end of the day because this is a guy who was basically out of the league two seasons ago, had to fight his way back in. This is a guy who... I mean, he's been counted down all his life. I mean, he was he was a second-round pick because nobody he had a lot of issues in Cincinnati with, I think he had domestic violence issue with his girlfriend, and there was just concerns about him off the court. But he was able to kind of get past that and get to a moment where he was nearly an all-star. And then it, boom, hit rock bottom again, had to rebuild himself back up, and got to a point where, yes, he wasn't a fantastic player with the Pacers, but he deserved to be in the NBA. Like, he is an NBA player. You know, worst case, he's your hype man, 12th guy off the bench, and just an annoying practice guy who's just always there bugging your guard, pushing your guards, needling them, whatever it is. But he deserves to be in the NBA. I mean, he is he is a good enough player to be on a roster. And so I love to see him get minutes to be a back-end kind of bench guy, but we'll see what happens. We'll see if he can kind of sustain that role. He's only 20 years old, but if not, you know, I think Indiana will welcome him back. Maybe not this season. Maybe next year will have to be that. But I think at some point Lance will be back in a Pacers uniform just because He's not, you know, if he's going to be the 10th guy on a team, why not be the 10th guy in the Pacers? Why does he need to be, you know what I mean? Why not be the occasional guy to come in? You know, if why does he have to go to L.A. to do that? You know, I think Indiana really were kind of his home. So that's my opinion. He's, we're kind of, he's kind of home in, in Indiana. Um, take a quick break, and after the break, I'm going to preview the Kings game. All right, so unfortunately, Tony and I were not able to together for a second podcast this week. I apologize to everybody out there. I told we were going to do that. Scheduling mishap. It's, you know, we both work, other jobs, so unfortunately, we'll be back together on Sunday for our weekly show, obviously, and maybe we'll try to make it up into two pods. I think we have actually have a special pod coming out next week as well, so look for that. So We'll make it up to you guys, put it that way. There'll be some other good pods coming out in the next week or two that I think you really like with a couple special guests. The Kings are 20th in offensive rating and 21st in defensive rating, second in pace, just like a bad basketball team. They're running the ball like crazy. Uh, they're actually 10-10 and 10 and 9th in the West, which is surprising at this point. Um, De'Aaron Fox has just been a revelation this season. Uh, he's been their best player, I think. 17 points per game, 38% shooting from three, 47 in the field. Buddy Hill's also having a great year, shooting 48 and 45. 
um, splits. I mean, De'Aaron Fox is maybe isn't their best player, but he's been the most, you know, he's made that leap where he's 21, and there's kind of this look, oh, could he become one of the best five point guards in a couple years where Buddy Heald is four years older than him, so Buddy Heald might be at his peak. Buddy Heald's playing great. Uh, really, the team just kind of is playing really well. Uh, you got Willie Collins at 14 and a half a game. I mean, this is just a, a weirdly put-together young team that's, that's playing really well early. Obviously, they have nothing to lose, basically, by playing all their starters and trying to play the best they can because they don't own their pick. Next year, it goes to the uh, either the Sixers or the or the Celtics based on if it's top one protected in that whole uh, Markel Fultz trade. So basically, this year is kind of about letting your young guys flourish and trying to win games. I mean, legitimately, that's, I mean that's trying to make the playoffs. You know, I'm not sure they have enough depth. Um, to kind of make the playoffs, you know, they when you look at the back end of the roster, they're playing like Frank Frank Mason fourteen minutes a game, Harry Giles ten minutes a game. They're playing, they're nearly playing thirteen guys. Uh, you know, they played Giles sixteen games. I guess you say twelve guys because the um the other Bogdanovich and Kukubis have basically split games. So they're going about twelve deep right now. They're just kind of figuring it out, playing guys a lot of minutes. They're letting Fox and Heald kind of carry the team. Um, but they're they're a frisky team. Let's put it that way. They're a team where they're gonna they're gonna put up points. They're not gonna play a ton of D. That's just the way they are. They're not gonna play a ton of D, but they're gonna put up points. You know, they're averaging hundred fourteen per game, and they're gonna kind of make you earn it offensively. I guess in terms of like they're gonna make you have to score one hundred twenty to beat them. So right now they're letting up one hundred sixty points a game. So you know you, you have to get one twenty to beat them. And it concerns me that the Pacers don't have a low depot. Can they get to one twenty? Is there enough offensive players now? I think Sabonis could have a great day. Um, he'll have a great game almost any night. But, I mean, there's just defensively there's not a good enough center to guard him or even Turner. Um, I imagine Collison might struggle with De'Aaron Fox or Buddy Hill, depending on who they put him on. Uh, Evans could have a good day. I don't think either Hill or Fox is a great defender either, but they're good offensively. Um, this would be a nice little redemption game for Tyreek Evans after what was probably, I guess, the most miserable game in Los Angeles. Maybe he can go out and party on Thursday night in L.A., get on a flight to Sacramento on Friday and practice it off and feel better about himself after a great Saturday. Um, you know, I lean towards the Patriots being able to win this game even without Oladipo, but just because they have played well without him. They've won three of – they're three and three without him, which is really good. They, they just own the Jazz. I don't know why. They just they just have the Jazz's number. But the Kings are not that crazy. They should be able to beat them, but – I do worry. I I do worry that, you know, the wear of Oladipo not being there means you have to play more Holiday. You're only playing nine guys. Things like that are because they should really be running a 10-man lineup with Holiday now. And so guys getting more minutes and they're forced to play, um, you know, guys deeper into games. Like they played Bowie on for 38 minutes um, tonight. So that's the kind of things that worry me. But, you know, they should be able to figure it out. Uh, I If I had a lean right now, I'd say Oladipo plays. But... I could see him holding out for one more game. It just seems odd to me you bring him on the West Coast trip and not play him. You know, usually you don't bring a guy all the way travel with the team unless you expect him to play sometime during the thing. I get maybe you want to bring him in for uh like for the moral support, but if he's really not gonna play, you want him to rehab back in Indianapolis, get his knee healthy, be able to be with the doctor twenty four seven instead of you know hopping from city to city, flying a lot. You know, flying's not good for your knee. Not good for any injury to fly a ton. So. I lean towards him playing, but we'll see what happens. Um, if I had a guess, like I said, the Pacers probably still win, win this one without Oladipo, but it'd be a lot closer if they had Oladipo. I think they would win by 10 or 15 at least. 
Uh, they did play the Kings pretty close last time. Last season, it was a three-point game at the end of last year when they played them the last time. Um, but like I said, the Kings are kind of playing to win because they have no reason to, to lose and tank. I'm excited to watch Bagley. I like the rookies. You know, we watched DeAndre Ayton on Tuesday, and now we get to watch Bagley on Saturday, so that should be kind of fun. Um, I always like the other Bogdanovich, not related or anything, but just kind of fun to see two Bogdanovich out there. And, you know, De'Aaron Fox is starting to have a good year. I mean, De'Aaron Fox is starting to get some buzz, and it'd be fun to see how he plays. I think he could have a good night because Collison, not a great defender. And I guess that they might throw Evans on him or even put Bowen on him, but I, I doubt that. I mean, I think I have, I have a feeling it'll be very matched up to matchups. You'll see Tyreek on Buddy Hield, De'Aaron Fox guarded by Collison because De'Aaron Fox is a smaller player, and Bojan on uh, Iman Shumpert if, if he starts. So that's kind of what I, what I expect to see. Um, in terms of other things to look at in this game, you know, I would look at some of the rotations and some of the the setups with uh, McDermott. Um, you know, I, I they're they're struggling. You know, that he played really well on Tuesday against the Suns, and then he, he really they really started getting the ball in this game. Now teams are starting to sort of, you know, have a man always on McDermott, and really Bojan too, but. You know, I think after his really hot early in the week, the Lakers' basic game plan was we're not going to let McDermott get any space. Screw that, let anybody else shoot, which is fine. It's a smart system because McDermott's hot and the Pacers win. But I like to see how the Pacers kind of counter to that. Do they run some more off-ball screens? Can they can they get switches and get guys onto McDermott who are just lazy or whatever it is? I would love to see him kind of get McDermott more in the offense because, you know, I know he had 10 points tonight, but, like, he had back back into 20 points. If he had a 21-point game again, the Pacers win, so... That's what I'd like to see, but again, I'm, I'm not too concerned about this game. Oliva playing or not, I think they win, but obviously if Oliva plays, they probably blow them out. Um, That's all we got for today's Friday podcast. As always, Tony and I will be back on Monday with our weekly show. I promise we'll be back this time. I promise. I promise. Uh, quick shout out to uh, my girlfriend, Marina, who's been uh, tweeting some pictures out, I guess. She's been doing a lot of Photoshop with Pacer stuff. Um, mainly if you see anything with, with laser eyes, that's, that's going to be her. I think we would, we would tweet something in the Lockdown Pacers account. They're kind of funny. I think she's abusing her power of figuring out how to do laser eyes and stuff like that on stuff. But if she is starting to create some cool little Pacers stuff. So we'll see if she creates anything interesting. And I will uh, retweet that. And Lockdown Pacers will retweet as well if there's anything really cool that's out there. Uh, I got, like I said, we'll be back on Monday. You can follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Pacers. Tweet us questions, comments, concerns, anything you got. Love to respond to that. That's all for this Locked On Pacers podcast. As always, have a great rest of your day.